0: Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Azarin, the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. First of all, I would like to share something that I'm really proud of. As you know, I have a website for my business. The website is azrinthelanguagenerd.com. Learning to make websites has been a difficult process for me. Initially, when I started my business, I didn't have a website. I didn't make one and I used to say that I don't need one the truth of the matter was probably a some part of me thought I didn't need one B some part of me thought it wasn't a priority at the time and C it was a challenging multi-step task and a part of me probably just wanted to avoid the task altogether because it was challenging multi-step and complex I've shared in previous podcast episodes one of the weaknesses I used to have, and have, it's in me, but now I'm aware of it, and I try to combat it, is I avoid complex multi-step tasks. That's, when, that's one of the times I procrastinate. And eventually I did make a website. I, I made one, and, and it was not very good. I was very proud of it, but it wasn't very good. The UX and the UI was poor. It was not visually appealing it did definitely did not convert any sales it was i think difficult for people to find the information they're looking for my cousin looked at the website once and this was after i'd made a couple of modifications and i felt really good about it but my cousin who has an eye for that kind of thing looked at it and said azarin this looks like this website is from like 1992. i think she said something like that it was so old-fashioned and she's like, "What are you, some old man with a newspaper?" <laughs> I think she said something like that to me. So I modified it, and and it never really was perfect. It was fine, but wasn't great. And I've just been learning more and more about UX design, UI design, website design, what converts, what are people looking for, what's the how, what's the experience people want on a website. And I'm learning a lot about it. And recently, I learned how to make Pages on my website completely from scratch. I used to just rely on templates But recently I learned how to make them from scratch So you give me a blank canvas and I can start to build whatever the heck I want to build and Ever since I did that I was able to build a much cleaner website There's still some mistakes and there's things I have to clean up But it's way better than it used to be and I'm prouder than ever because when I look at the website now I think to myself this actually looks like a real website, well made by someone who knows what they're doing. Hell, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when people look at it, that's not what goes through their mind. Because even in the past, when I made my website, I thought, "Wow, this is so good." But this time, I really think I've, I've at least done way better than I used to than I used to have. So I'm very proud of myself, and I wanted to share that. I think the learning point that people can take away, whether it's language. Whether it's with your languages or not, it kind of doesn't matter. A lot of the advice I share applies to any skill you try to learn, languages or otherwise. I think one of the things that's really important is to compare yourself to who you used to be today. I'm sorry, who you used to be yesterday, excuse me. Compare yourself to who you used to be yesterday and to nobody else. Because nobody was dealt the exact same cards that you were dealt. This is something I heard from uh, from Jordan Peterson. This is someone I've listened to a lot of his content. And this is something he's he said, which I think, I think makes a lot of sense. Nobody has been dealt the exact hand that you were dealt in life. And therefore, it doesn't really make sense for you to compare yourself to anybody else but who you were yesterday. He does make a case, Jordan Peterson, he does make a case that maybe if you're really young, there could be some value in comparing yourself to others if you're 10 or 11 i don't i don't know if i could fully articulate his reasoning but all of you listening you're adults or the vast majority of you are adults you know and so you i think that's about right to look at who you were yesterday and just compare yourself to that and not to anybody not to anybody else there's value in using other people as motivation to learn i to to steal not steal excuse me, to, to learn new ideas from, different perspectives from, that's valuable. And you can look at someone and say, wow, that's an ideal. I want to be like that person. But ultimately, when you look at the results that you're trying to get in a language or with your income, with anything, if you're trying to get better. You need to look at, well, what was I doing yesterday? And how can I be a little bit better today? You shouldn't say, oh, this person was able to learn Spanish in two months. Wow, I've been learning for a month, and I can't even order a coffee. Wow, let me try to figure something out, and I must be doing something wrong if this person did it in two months. And maybe you are doing something wrong, by the way, you might be. But you need to look at what you were doing before, and then try to improve upon that, use that as the baseline. I hope that makes sense. I'm sure I could have articulated that a little bit more clearly, but I think you understand generally at least what I'm saying. Now, with that aside, I want to dive into the the main topic of today, which is how to learn a language quickly. How to learn a language very fast. I don't talk about this, this topic very frequently. I don't. Usually make content around, how do you do something quickly? How do you have great results fast? What's the fastest way to learn? What's the best way to learn? What's the best app? What's the most effective this? That's not the direction I tend to go in. But today, I'd like to. I'd like to go in that direction. I would like to talk about how to learn a language very quickly. Before I share the method don't fast forward this part. Maybe you're thinking, Azran's taking too long to get to the point. No, no, no. Listen to this. This is the most important part. Before you hear what I have to say, I want to warn you that when I say the thing I'm about to say, the strategy, the thing you can do to improve very quickly in another language. Before I share it, I want to warn you. When I share this thi- this piece of advice, it's going to stir a lot of emotions in you. Some of you may want to close your minds. Some of you may say, Azrin, you're crazy. Some of you, who knows? It's likely going to spark emotions in you that humans usually run away from. Anxiety, fear, denial, maybe anger. Those are probably the emotions that are going to come up in your body. All I ask is that you hear me out. You hear me out on what I'm about to say. You hear out my my reasoning, okay? I might be wrong on what I'm about to say. I think I'm right. This is a new idea in my mind, and I'm pretty sure it's right. But, you know, I'm, I might be wrong here because it is a new idea that has only recently come into my mind. Now, here's the piece of advice. Are you guys ready? Anytime, or rather, if... You want to get really good in a language, or really anything, really fast. You have to sacrifice and suffer. Let me say that again nice and slowly. If you want to get really good at something really fast, you have to sacrifice for it, and therefore, and as a result, suffer for it. Okay, now hear me out. Just have an open mind. I know some of you might be thinking, what the heck are you talking about? What tree are you barking up, Azarin? Let me explain. If you want to achieve greatness in anything, and greatness is defined and could be defined in many ways, but if we look at languages, I would say if you're trying to become very fluent very fast, that would be a form, some form of greatness And I call that greatness because 99.999% of people, I don't know if that's the right percentage, but the vast majority of people, they do, first of all, they do not even reach a high degree of fluency, period. They might achieve a conversational degree of proficiency, but a very, 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 very fluent level, not typical. In fact, my feeling is that even a conversational level something like an intermediate level is also probably reasonably unlikely if you're to look at the number of people that try to learn a language and how many people even get conversational i would not be surprised if the majority of people don't even make it to a conversational level i wouldn't be surprised so even making it to a conversational level is a real accomplishment and becoming very fluent is an even bigger, even more noteworthy accomplishment. And so if you're trying to do something that's a real accomplishment, and you decide to yourself, just getting to that accomplishment is, or I'm sorry, just getting to that level is a real accomplishment. Whether it takes me a long time or not, that's a real accomplishment. If that's already the terrain that we're playing on and now you want to make things more difficult to say I want to get there faster That's a big accomplishment. That's huge. And that's very hard. And the moment you try to do something like that You need to sacrifice a lot in the present in order to reach that kind of result So if you were trying to run I'll give a couple of examples if someone wanted to run a multi-million dollar business and they wanted to be a millionaire and be wealthy and rich and and have way more way to be in the one, the top 1% of the 1%. Because here's a fun fact. In Canada, if i got the statistic right, if you want to be in the top, I think it's the top 1% earners of Canada. The bottom of that amount is, I think, $227,000 a year. So if you earn $227,000 a year, you've are now you now entered the top 1% income earners in Canada. I think that's the number. It's something like that. And in the U.S., I could be wrong. I think the number is $400,000 a year. So if you make $400,000 a year in the U.S., you are in the top 1% income earners in the country. Now, in my world, I'm quite, uh, what's the word? I'm very, uh, I consume a lot of content. Well, not a lot. I consume some content about entrepreneurship, about business, about marketing. And in those kinds of circles, people will sometimes think to themselves, oh, wow, million dollar businesses, five million, one million dollars a year is the floor. That's like the barrier. That's the the the, the barrier to entry to having a real business. And of course, you're not earning a million dollars a year in your pocket, in salary, for example. But but just when you understand in the income side of things that two twenty five ish in Canada and 400000 in the U.S. is the bottom of the 1%, when someone says, for instance, oh, I want to have a multi-million dollar business, that's a huge, that's so uncommon. It's so uncommon that you have to then behave in an uncommon way, which means you have to sacrifice, which therefore means you have to suffer. When you sacrifice, you end up suffering because there are things you want to do that you're not able to do, and therefore it causes a certain amount of emotional pain, in a sense. I'll give you another example. I think I've mentioned in passing a couple of times David Goggins in, in recent podcast episodes. I think I have. So David Goggins, I just, I, I read the book a big chunk of his book, and I skimmed the rest of it, and I've listened to about five or six hours of his of his podcast on the internet. I've been on a David Goggins binge because I've been trying to figure him out. Not so much figure him out. I've been trying to figure out what's the life lesson I need to take from him. I'm never going to be like him. Very likely. No, I'm not going to be like him. No, there's, I don't think there's any real chance of that. He's so intense and extreme, and he's a one-of-a-kind guy. And I don't think I'll be like him, but there's things I can learn from his story because David Goggins is someone who went from being overweight, very overweight, lazy, not mentally tough, abused by a father who not only was abusive, not only was he abusive because that's already bad enough. But it seems like he took sadistic pleasure in abusing his entire family, his two sons and his wife. And he was viewed very positively by the whole, by everybody he knew. Everyone thought he's a great guy because he's so friendly with them and whatnot. But inside the house, nope, not at all. This guy was an absolute demon, a monster, a devil, because he not only hurt his family, but he did so and took up and took pleasure in it. And he did what he, everything he could to make the beatings in the household, not only a physical torture, but also a psychological torture. There's a part of David Goggin's book where he says that his dad told him to uh, take off his clothes, lay on the bed face down. He's already been psychologically trained just to listen to his dad. Dad has the lights off and he doesn't come in the room for a while because he knows the anticipation is going to make it worse. Like, think about that. He knows that. He does it on purpose to his eight-year-old son. And then he opens the room, and you can't see him, so you don't know when he's going to hit you. And then whack! Suddenly, when you're unexpected, when you're not expecting it. So he wrote a book, and he went from that kid who was so stressed out and anxious that he was going bald in his teenage years and started shaving his head when he was 16. Crazy life, right? He went from that kind of guy, and that's only at 5% of his story. And he, he went from someone who was very mentally soft, abused, self-conscious, low self-esteem, overweight, to someone who is an ultra-athlete. And more, by the way. He was in the Navy SEALs. He did various different trainings in the military, ranger training, the SEAL training. He's now, uh, what are those guys who jump out of planes to put out fires? Who are those guys? That's what he does now. He's an ultra-marathon runner. He's run Hundreds of miles, like 100 plus miles in these 24-hour runs where he doesn't sleep, he just kind of runs. He even did a race where he ran on broken bones. Like a hard man, calloused, calloused. He's a bit of a wild and he's a very different man, let's just say that, to say the least. But, and one of the things that he was talking about, in fact, I even wrote it in my little notebook here. Let me read you the, let me flip back a couple pages. So he wrote in his book that he sought out pain, fell in love with suffering, and became a hard man. He craved discomfort. So all he did was he seek, he sought out. Yes, he sought out discomfort because he had. Now here's the key part, right? And this is just another example of what I was saying. He was about 300 pounds, something just shy of 300 pounds, and he wanted to join the Navy SEALs. The Navy SEAL recruiter told him, "You need to lose 106 pounds." in 3 if you want to come in if you want to make the next cut which was in 3 months you'd have to be 106 pounds lighter by that time that's crazy losing 106 pounds in 3 months wow that's not easy that's many would say that's impossible and so he adopted that mentality he adopted the mentality of i've got this crazy goal that is basically unachievable and so I need to seek out pain, fall in love with suffering, and seek to, and, and and crave discomfort. So he would run, and he would work out, and he would train and train and train and train and train and train and train. And that's what he did. And so, if you want to learn a language quickly, obviously it's not as hard as losing 106 pounds, for example, in three months. Obviously not. It's not, or maybe it is. I don't know. Depends on how quickly you're trying to learn. But the concept of understanding, okay, this is a really difficult thing to accomplish. And it's not something that you're going to hit or achieve by being average. You have to sacrifice things. Your time, wake up earlier, less leisure. You have to sacrifice and therefore suffer. But you get to choose how much you sacrifice and suffer. I'm not saying give up your life and don't sleep and... That's not what I'm saying. You get to choose. But you would have to sacrifice and therefore suffer to an extent, likely. You You actually might like diving into the language and like the challenge. So maybe you don't suffer, but you definitely have to sacrifice in order to learn a language quickly. So the faster you try to learn a language, and so it's almost like there's two factors. Factor one, how proficient do you want to be? The higher the proficiency? the harder it is. And factor two, how quickly are you wanting to learn? The faster you want to learn, the harder it is. So if you're trying to get to a very high degree of proficiency in a very short period of time, that means you have to increase the amount of sacrifice. It's like if you have a chart, the higher the degree of fluency and the shorter the time frame, the higher the sacrifice and therefore suffering. And so if you're, that's the key ultimately. I, I believe, right? Another way to put it is just studying intensively. That's another way to put it, because to study intensively and to practice intensively, you need to sacrifice. You can't go hang out with your friends as often. You can't maybe sleep in as much as you would like. You can't, you know, God, you, uh, you can't take as many breaks. You do have to hurry up with your dinner time and not take a two-hour dinner, perhaps. You do have to maybe do things five, six, seven days a week for the language. That's what intensive studying would mean. At the most extreme levels, of course. And so it it would be about sacrificing and suffering. And what's interesting, using another David Goggins example, uh, what's interesting about Goggins is he seems to increase his performance when he suffers. I just heard a podcast today or podcast clip with someone else, not with Goggins, with another individual. But this individual trained with David Goggins, and he was just talking about him. And he said, "What's interesting about Goggins is, for example, they were in the gym, and they were doing uh, they were doing um, bench presses, and they'd done like six hundred or something reps with whatever the weight was, like a lot. And he said that the his last final set, he did so Goggins." In his final set, where he'd be the most tired, he did more reps than his initial set, where he'd be the least tired. He actually did more in his final push than the initial push. So he embraces that that pain, and he uses that as a fuel, and he goes to this mental place that allows him to push through it. And, you know, that's, that's something that would be very important if you wanted to learn fast. Very fast. That's why I never talk about it. I talk about patience and, you know, doing the tried and true and doing three, four, five hours a week, which is already pretty tough, depending on your lifestyle. It's already pretty tough, but even just managing that and being consistent. You know, I'm. I'm I usually talk. I usually give more advice like that. Um, to to go a little deeper in this topic, I really want to make sure I articulate this very clearly and you understand clearly because I know that saying, hey, sacrifice and suffering is might be the key to learning quickly. Like I know the kinds of negative emotions that might run through people's minds when I say that. So I want to make sure I really articulate this clearly. You know, I uh, was listening to a a podcast today with Tim Ferriss, which is someone I don't listen to very often. And he and this is with um, what's the guy's name, Tom, Tom Bilyeu, I think he's the impact theory guy, if you know who that is. So they were talking, and both of them made an interesting comment. They also they didn't talk about Goggins. They talked about suffering, and they said that you have to be able. So for them, in order to be able to have a high degree of success in any venture, they were talking about this. They said you need to be willing to suffer. You don't have to necessarily seek it out, but you have to be willing to go through some difficult times. You have to be willing to. The more difficulty you're willing to go through the more you would accomplish, in theory. Now, it's not a perfect science, and I'm not saying you should put yourself through immense suffering. You probably, you should do so with extreme caution, maybe. Maybe that's the right way to put it. But that's something that is worth knowing, that the, that if you want to have a, be, be very successful in some kind of venture, I think it's right to say you cannot shy you cannot shy away from suffering. You can't shy away from it. You have to embrace it at least to a certain extent. And you get to pick what extent that is, right? So me, I have a rule. I th- I thought this through and I thought, okay. Look, I've got some business things I want to hit, some some targets that are, that are very important to me. So I've set some business targets, I've set some time frames of when I want to hit them by, and I've decided, listen, I'm going to sacrifice A lot, and I'm going to suffer, quote unquote, more than usual to hit these goals that I've decided are important to me business-wise. I'm going to do that, and it's not going to be easy, but I'm not going to sacrifice my health. So that doesn't mean I'm skipping meals. I'm not going to sacrifice sleep. That's not happening. I've made that mistake before. I'm not doing it again, and I'm not going to sacrifice time with my family. So those are like three religions. I can sacrifice Oh, also fourth one. I cannot sacrifice all leisure. I cannot sacrifice 100% of my leisure time. I can sacrifice some of it, but I cannot sacrifice all of it. So those are my four guidelines I've made for myself. But I I do need, I have decided to cut my leisure to wake up earlier, to work faster, take less breaks. Don't use meal times as a longer break, which I've sometimes done. Be focused. be present in the day, move fast, be productive. And it's hard. it's harder. I, I I'm reminding myself of what it was like when I used to work at the window cleaning franchise. I was like, oh yeah right? I used to work at a higher intensity back then. And back then I worked 60 to 80 hours a week. So it was high intensity, a lot of hours really wasn't that healthy to be honest, but I was like, Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have this gear in me. I've done this before. Let's turn that gear, but not as high as it used to be. Cause that was too much, but let me crank up some of this. Let me crank up some sacrifice, crank up some of the work work ethic, crank up some of the productivity But don't sacrifice your family. Don't sacrifice your health. This is what I tell myself. Don't sacrifice your family. Don't sacrifice your health. Don't sacrifice your sleep. And you cannot sacrifice all of your leisure. You must sacrifice some, but you must leave a little bit in there. And so, yeah, and and, then for me, the the one thing I've done here is because, listen, it's hard to live. And it's the thing I was trying to quantify when I was listening to Goggins, and I couldn't wrap my head around it for the longest time was Goggins, and not just him, but many high-performing individuals, they seem to seek out difficulty. They put themselves in these situations, and they're always stressed or overworked or busy and don't have work-life balance and bad mental health and... It's, it's common enough from what I've seen, I think. I think it's common enough. It seems like it to me that it is. Not everyone, but it's common enough. Common enough that, yeah, let's just say that it's common enough. And so the thing I was struggling with is, wow, does that mean in order to have a high amount of success in any kind of venture, whether it's Heck, learning a language quickly, because learning a language not quickly and doing so gradually does not require an extreme amount of sacrifice or suffering. None of that doesn't require an extreme amount. Um, But if you're trying to learn it quickly, or if you want to grow a really big business, or you want to be an extremely good athlete, or you're trying to accomplish something which, is, which starts to go into the realm of greatness, let's call it, uh, for lack of me not being able to think of a better term right now. I was trying to think, like, wow, does that mean you have to live a life of suffering? That's what I was trying to figure out. And, well, perhaps the answer is yes, but I I figured out for me what the right answer is. I found the right balance for me personally. It's not right or wrong, it's right for me. And what's right for me is I, I get to pick a goal that's important to me, something I actually think is worth sacrificing for, okay? So first, I pick something I really want that's worth sacrificing for. Maybe it's a trip. I want to go on a trip, and I don't quite have the funds. so I'm going to work. I'm going to pull some extra shifts to save up. That's a form of sacrifice, but I really want to go on the trip. But I must bound. I must bind my sacrifice in a time frame to say, okay, look, I want to hit this, I want to achieve this, and I want to achieve this by X date. I pick a date which I've done for my business for a couple of goals. I picked a date, okay? And I'm going to sacrifice until that date. And I'm going to do everything I can except sacrifice family, health, uh, all my leisure, and and uh, sleep. Except for that, those are some things I can't touch. But everything else is, I can I can start to sacrifice. <clears throat> I'm going to sacrifice until this date to hit this goal, to reach, to get this thing that I want. But on that date... I stop the sacrifices. If I hit the goal, I celebrate. I'm going to actually celebrate and go, yeah, good job, Azrin. Well done. Go eat some yummy food. Go see my friends. Like, celebrate it. Woohoo! Bask in that glory, man. Bask in that glory. And I'll take some time to bask in it. Maybe it's a week. Maybe I don't know how long it is. I'm not sure. That I haven't figured out. But a short amount of time, not like a day, but not not like a year, right? (laughs) I think it depends on how big the accomplishment is. That's probably the right idea. The bigger the accomplishment, the longer I'm allowed to bask in it. Um, But bask in it for some period of time. Not too, too long, but enough. And then start the suffering process again. Start the sacrificing process again. Pick a new mountain to climb. Pick something new. Start the suffering sacrifice sorry start the sacrificing work hard for it again when I get to that deadline that I set it has to stop right I have to whoop get off the gas now and if I missed the goal let's say I aimed for something I missed I really sacrificed I actually gave it my all and I didn't get what I wanted then I'm still gonna pause right whoop hit the pause button and do a write-up of well what happened what did I learn I failed why did I fail? What can I learn from this? Take a moment to lick my wounds. Rest up. You know, start sacrificing less again. A bit more leisure, a bit more family, a bit more relaxing, right? Recover. Once I've learned from my failures, I think I've got some good lessons from it. Try to hit the goal again. Try again for the same goal. Or maybe change the goal if need be. But likely, try again for the same goal with the new learnings. Give it another go. Sacrifice again. Suffer a bit work hard, but again, it's bound in a timeline. It's bound by only until this date, and I get to pick the date. No one else does. So if it's only a week, it's a week. If it's two months, I get to pick. So I'm in control, not someone else. I get to pick what I think I should do. And I suffer until that date, and not even suffer. And maybe that's not the right. I I even get to choose a degree of my sacrifice and suffering. I even get to choose that. And then I go until that date, and then I stop, take a break, right? Little break. If I hit, bask in the glory, celebrate, woohoo! Have fun with it, and that's the balance I think I found for myself. So today was a big day of, a really big day for me of of a lot of sacrifice, and I worked really hard. And I'm proud of myself, and I probably I have another, eh, looks like four weeks ahead of me. Uh, I'll have a little mini celebration at the end of the month in August. I've got something I'm working towards and I think I'm going to get there. It looks promising, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. If I get there, I'll have a little mini, mini, mini celebration, one or two days. Cause it's only, I've only worked towards this goal for like a week. So for me to take two weeks off after a week of hard work, that's ridiculous. <laughs> at least for me. But you know, one or two days off, that's fine. Relax and chill. And then we'll go right back to it for a month. Cause I've got something I want to hit. I've got a goal I want to hit by... Uh, The end of the month, end of September, I've got a goal, end of October, I have a goal, end of November, I have a goal, and end of December. I've got these four monthly goals I've set that are very important to me, extremely important to me. And so it's going to be like sacrifice for a month, three, four days to bask in it, and then right back to the sacrifice. So anyway, to summarize, how long has this been going on? To summarize, if you want to achieve fluency quickly, and I emphasize the quickly, you will need to sacrifice and therefore suffer to an extent. Uh, last thing I'll say how do you spend your time? Well you want to spend your time on lots of comprehensible input. If you don't know what that is, Google it. So lots of comprehensible input, lots of interaction with, with, with other speakers. That one is highly recommended but maybe not needed. Maybe. I would highly recommend interaction with native or fluent speakers but but you can do a lot of damage without it, but I would highly recommend it because it's really, really helpful. So I'd highly recommend that. Definitely lots of comprehensible input. Uh, I would definitely recommend do some writing. Write about different topics that are within your level, and get some feedback from, from different native or advanced speakers, and corrections, and Lastly, sprinkle in at least some grammar. I don't want you to, if you love grammar, you can dive into it. That's great. But I know a lot of people don't love love it. But a little bit goes a long way. It's like salt on food. A little bit of salt goes a long way. So a little bit of grammar goes a long way. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your night. Or at least it's nighttime for me and bedtime for me. So have a great rest of your whatever it is now. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.